Hey, I hope everybody had a good day today. Uh, I missed all of you. I'm excited for next week when we have youth again. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and record a message right now for tonight uh, as if we have it. So I'm sure all of you are already listening and aren't surprised by this. Um, basically, in this series, I'm talking about changes and, and life changes, things that we do daily. Uh, it, last week, we talked about expecting the unexpected and how we can try to plan ahead, but there's always going to be something unexpected happen. Uh, we can have dreams, goals, and all of those things are awesome and they're good and we shouldn't give up on them, but we also should have backups and, and hope for the best, plan for the worst type of thing, and, and just continue to give that over to God, to seek Him, to uh, ask for His help as we go forward. Um, this week I want to talk more about the uh, constant changes that we face, so I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 4, 11-18. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. So when Paul wrote this, it was much more literal than we pretty much face. Uh, because Not that people in the world don't necessarily face death for their religion, that obviously happens. But for us here, in America at least, we don't really worry about that for the most part. Um, and so when Paul wrote this, this was a daily thing. Like Paul was in and out of jail just for preaching, just for, uh, trying to talk about Jesus. And he was constantly arrested. He was constantly under threat of death. All of the disciples, except for John, were put to death, uh, because of their faith. And so it was something that, that everybody's kind of accepted. This is going to happen if you become a Christian. And yet the church grew and it grew and it grew and people did it. Uh, and it's not that they wanted to die, it's that they truly believed in it so much and they wanted their life to have meaning. What it means for us is, uh, yeah, there is the the remote possibility that you may face death for your faith, uh, depending on where you are, depending on what happens and all of that, but, but likely what's going to happen is people are not going to like you. Uh, not everybody, obviously, but whenever you are living your best, whenever you're trying to be a good person, whenever you're trying to be like Jesus, whenever you're trying to, to do the right thing, when, when you're trying not to do the wrong thing even, uh, that shines a spotlight on everybody around you too. And so uh, if somebody else knows they feel guilty already or they, they feel shame or they know that they're on the wrong path and they see you living the right path, uh, they feel like you're attacking them. I remember one time, a long time ago, when, in, in my f home church, um, I was talking about wisdom and, and just foolish things from Proverbs, not Proverbs being foolish, but uh, about wisdom over foolishness and, and different things. If you read through Proverbs, you'll, you'll get it, and it's really an awesome book to read through if you haven't read much of the Bible or if you have. Um, but I was preaching about just being wise and, and not making foolish choices, making wise choices, uh, following him, all of that. And afterwards, somebody came up to me and was like, hey, I don't appreciate you attacking me like that. And I had no idea what they were talking about because obviously I'd never preach with somebody in mind. And then especially I didn't really even know the person that well. Uh, and I was just talking about Proverbs. Like to me, there are times that I will go into a sermon and I feel like maybe it's going to hit somebody, not specifically ever, but like, I'm like, okay, this might be something that somebody struggles with or somebody uh, feels bad about or is dealing with. And I know that going in to uh, be gentle, to be kind, but to be truthful. 
Uh, but sometimes I go into a message, and it's not that it doesn't matter, but it's like, okay, this is a message I want to give for information purposes, or uh, because I think it's important for for life. Like last week with expecting the unexpected, like that's not really something that that I felt would be uh, a conscience. Uh, hitting topic. It's just something that we talk about that's important, and it talks about Jesus and what he can do in our lives, um, but it's not really something where someone would feel attacked or like I step on their toes as a church statement. And so this message I'm talking about was like that. It was just talking about wisdom. And, and to me, I'm like, making wise choices should always be the goal. We should avoid foolish choices. Now, obviously, somewhat that's subjective, but for the most part, with the big things at least, we know what's wise and we know what's not. Anyway, this person uh, was upset, and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, I just, I felt really bad this whole time. And things you said, they really uh, came right to things I'm doing. And so, long story short, I prayed with them, uh, and they really, truly tried to get their life together and go on that path uh, towards Jesus. My point being, um, they felt like I was attacking them just because I was talking about the right thing to do. Obviously, I wasn't, but it felt that way. And so sometimes if you're doing the right thing, if you're not doing the wrong thing, someone is going to feel like you're rubbing their nose in it, even though you're not. Like, probably when you do the right thing, when you avoid doing something you know is bad, uh, you're just thinking, hey, this is the right thing, I want to do it. Hey, this is a bad thing, I don't want to do it. But if somebody else has had that kind of thought process and made the wrong decision, then they see you, and if they know you or if they barely know you, uh, they might feel like, hey, you're just really attacking me, when really the, what they feel is their conscience, what they feel is the spirit, what they feel is conviction, knowing that they should do better, that they should try more. Uh, and so... That's what it kind of means for us in terms of facing death. Um, I've had people walk out of my life because I don't do certain things, or because I go to church, or because I uh, feel a certain way uh, about my faith, etc. And if you know me, you know that I'm not an attacking kind of guy. I uh, don't hit people in the face with the Bible or anything. But just by being who I am, sometimes that will push people away. And so that's something that can happen. And that's a change that we can face. We can really feel like this is uh, the right relationship, or we can really feel like this is a good friendship. And then just by living for Jesus, if those people don't, or if those people backslide, or if those people decide to go against it, then they may leave you. They may hurt you. And that sucks. And it's not something that's fun. But more importantly, it's a change that we deal with because we continue to follow him. And then other people will come into our lives uh, that will help us and that will be there. And, and we keep growing and we keep meeting new people, etc. Uh, going to the next part here. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith uh, the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. So basically this says that we continue because it's what we're meant to do, because it's our identity. I've talked a lot about identity, and the fact that if your identity is based in a relationship, it's not going to work, because even if you get married, eventually that relationship will end. Now, maybe it's death, maybe it's divorce, hopefully... It's you both live a long life and you have a good relationship and it's awesome, but still eventually one of you is going to die first most likely. And I don't mean that to sound dark, but it's like if you define yourself by that relationship, at some point it ends. Uh, 
either expectedly, unexpectedly, etc. And so if that's your whole definition, that's your whole identity, you fall apart. If you define yourself as being a student, as being an athlete, as being a fan, as being a daughter, as being a son, as being uh, a wife, a husband, as being a, a mother, a, a father, as being whatever uh, all of these things that we do are, all of those things are good. Like, it's good to live life and to find who we are and to follow our dreams and all of that. But eventually everything that we do has an end. Um, I've used this example before, I'll use it again. Uh, recently, Tom Brady retired, and he's considered by many, myself included, to be the greatest quarterback ever uh, because he won, because he did everything he could to win. But that's all he felt. Like, that was his entire identity. All he cared about was winning. In the offseason of football, all he did was work on football plays, work on working out and and he ate healthy he took time to practice and work out and study even during the off season and so as he did that he pushed his family more and more away inadvertently but still uh they knew football is most important and then we come second and for him as long as he's playing that's what he wanted and so that's what made him great in football is that football was it that's the top thing that's all that he cared about and so that became everything he was but it was hard for him to retire, and now it's hard for him to know what to do because even though he spent a long time playing football, more than most people do, he's still got half of his life left, and he's got a divorce, and his kids live with the, the mom, and it's got to suck because now he doesn't have football every day, and now he has time for his family, and now he has time for his faith, and now he has time for all these things that he'd pushed aside, but for some of them, it is too late. Now, I'm not saying that uh, Giselle will never forgive him. I'm not saying he won't get married again. I'm not saying he won't find his faith, but I'm saying because he identified himself as a football player, as being great, as being the top quarterback ever, he achieved that, but he lost everything else. And so when we find our identity in other things, maybe we'll be successful in terms of the world, but we're going to lose other things. That's why if you identify with Christ, you get that. And and so you may not have all of the money and all of the earthly success that you want, but you're never going to lose him. Like there's never a point that he stops loving you. There's never a point that, that he walks away from you. So you always have that. And so that's something that's like the only constant. It's the only thing that doesn't change is him, his love his life, his hope, everything that he gives us. And so this is saying, hey, we keep doing it. Everything else might fall away around us and everything else might be against us and everything else might, uh, we might lose it. We might suffer. We might struggle. Uh, we might succeed for a time and then that doesn't last. Nothing else lasts but him. And again, that doesn't mean don't try anything. It doesn't mean don't be a, an athlete. Don't be a good student. It doesn't mean don't find a relationship. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that everything in your life has to center around him, and that has to be where you start. That has to be your identity, and then you move forward, and all that other stuff will, will come into play as you keep going, because all of that will change. Even the good stuff will change. The bad stuff will change. Uh, in my life, I've had several different jobs, but my faith has continued to be in him, uh, and I'm by no means perfect, and life isn't always good at all, but I know that he doesn't change at least, and so I keep going, and I keep going, and I keep trying, and sometimes it's hard, but I know that he at least is there, even if it feels like nobody else is. Um, last part of the scripture here. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that 
vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So obviously he means that on multiple levels. He means it in the eternity level. Um, no matter how long you live, and hopefully everyone listening to this has a long life ahead of them, no matter how long you live, that number is far, far, far infinitesimally infinitesimally smaller than whatever eternity is. Um, and so uh, eternity is forever, and that is longer than we can even comprehend. And life, the longest lives, uh, are, are 100 years, 120 years at the max, probably, and that's really, really the max. That's not very common. Um, and so that, compared to a thousand years is very small. That compared to two thousand years is very small. That compared to ten thousand years is barely measurable. That compared to eternity is essentially a speck. And so again, this isn't saying that that amount of time doesn't matter. Uh, it's saying that you have more ahead of you. And so that's the eternal part, is everything we face right now is temporary, and eventually in eternity we have him, and we have love, and we have hope, and no tears, and all of that stuff that we talk about and we hope for. But it also is kind of a day-to-day -day thing. Uh, right now, you guys are all in school, and you're getting ready to end for the summer. And during the summer, you're going to have a lot of fun. And you might have a job, you might have an internship, uh, you might even take summer classes, but it's going to be very different than the school year. You're going to mostly be on your, your own schedule. Obviously, you still have parents or family, and so somewhat you're, you're beholden to that. But for the most part, it's much, much freer than during the school year. And so you're going to take a couple weeks and you're going to get used to it. And maybe right now you're like, man, I'm just, summer's never going to come. But after a couple weeks, you're going to kind of forget school, not forget everything, but you're going to just be so used to everything that's going on that it's going to feel like the norm. And then as you get closer and closer to August, uh, you're going to see school on the horizon, but it's like, man, this is summer, I'm not really thinking about it, and then all of a sudden school started, and then after a couple weeks, school is the norm, and summer is kind of a, a distant memory, and that continues, and that continues, um, and then eventually if you go to college, uh, that's different than high school, it's easier in some ways, it's harder in some ways, but you get to focus more on what you want to study, and you have more time where you decide what you're doing, and obviously you live away from home and all of those things, but then after college you start a job and you have uh, a, a different life and you have complete freedom in terms of uh, you pay rent, you pay your bills, you take care of yourself, you are, are at some point uh, completely independent and yet you have to work and all of that stuff. And so my point is we have different times of life where we get used to what we're doing and then we feel like that's always going to be the way it is, but it's never always the way it is. And so if in school you really are struggling with a couple subjects or you really just aren't the type of person who who are is able to really focus on homework or really cares about certain classes and so you do your best but it's like ah this kind of sucks. Well, Eventually, you're going to have something that's not that, whether it's college or work or, or something along those lines where it's it's more of your choice and you get to do more of what you want. And so 
all of the stuff from high school is eventually going to fade away. And then as you get older, you know, new things happen. Maybe you get a different job. Maybe you get married. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you retire one day. All of these things are differences. And even on a smaller level, day to day, there are differences. Um, jobs change. Uh, titles change. Promotions. Uh, demotions. All of these types of things happen. The point is, change is constant, and, and it's something that we're always going to face. And as soon as we get used to the way something is, then it seems like it changes, and then it's all different. Uh, we talk, I talk a lot to adults about politics, not as much to you guys, but it's still something that, that matters. Every four years, we all get very into whoever the president's going to be. Now, some people don't super care, but most people have an opinion, at least. And yes, I absolutely believe that there are better choices and there are worse choices, and and my opinion of what those choices are may be different than yours or your parents or whatever else, and etc. Like we all have different opinions, uh, even in the faith, we can all have different opinions. But four years after that, as bad as it gets or as good as it gets, that choice happens again, and so we have a new choice. And and sometimes, especially lately, it seems like it's the same people over and over again. And I get that that sucks, and I get that uh, they're all super old and and don't seem to care about anything but themselves. But the point is, we get so caught up in this is the end all be all. This is what everything uh, uh, comes down to. And if we lose this election, if we win this election, if we lose this election, then everything's over. If we win this election, then then we've got it. And it's America's going to be awesome again, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and I'm not saying there's no change. And I'm not saying that, again, that there aren't good results and bad results, but in four years, that same mindset comes on. And no matter what happened, uh, whether it was a bad four years or a good four years, half the people are like, well, we need something new now. Like this last four years was awful. This last four years was awesome. The next four years and et cetera. And it keeps repeating and it keeps repeating and it keeps repeating. Uh, and our life is no different because there is always some kind of change. And so the point is Jesus stays constant and, and his faith stays constant. And and we have to remember when we face troubles, we really feel that struggle and it really hurts. And I get that. And you should never have any, never uh, accept if somebody is like, hey, you know, you're young, your troubles don't matter because they do. They matter. If it hurts you, then it hurts. That's it. There's nothing else to it. But eventually you will get past that. Um, I have in my life had a lot of pain. Uh, I've, I've lost people. Uh, from from life, and I've lost people from my life. Uh, I've I've been dumped. I've uh, been let go from jobs. I've had to move states. All of these different things. And at the time, it sucks. I've because of my depression. Like I will go through times where it feels like there's just no tomorrow, but there's always a tomorrow. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't take time, and I'm not saying it's not hard. But eventually, those troubles change and they become new troubles and they become new victories. And my point is not to never care what you're going through. It's to, yes, care what you're going through and yes, seek help, but to understand that through time, as long as we keep going, we will find a way through and Jesus will help us. We keep focusing on him. We keep moving forward. Um, I've talked about Peter on walking on the water before. He literally walked on the water while he was looking at Jesus. 
as soon as he started focusing on the storms around him, uh, he sank. Now, the storms were around him. They existed, but he focused on them more than on Jesus. So the storms will still be there. The struggles will still be there. But if we focus on him, then we can keep going forward. It doesn't mean we're not going to fail. It doesn't mean we're not going to be hurt, but it means we can keep going forward and that we have an answer there and we have a way to be there and to find our way through the change, to find the constant when everything else feels like it's falling apart, to help uh, others, to show others a better way, to to find a better way, and, and to just keep seeing him. And that's really all we can do is keep trying, keep going forward, keep focusing on him, and then helping others deal with things just as we allow others to help us deal with things. And that's all I got.